Hello, and welcome to the From My Cup podcast. Here we dive into the gracious overflow of God's great wisdom within the Word. So from God's cup to ours and from our cup to yours, we welcome you to this conversation between friends. What made you um, remember Lot's wife? Um, just this concept of uh, the idol of politics in the church really has just been a resounding concept for the past few years. And that's like, whenever I hear in the scripture, remember Lot's wife, like that's immediately what my mind goes to, even though that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the most direct link. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I think I heard it in a sermon that I was listening to, and I was like, yes, that's such a good concept. And it was just, it's something that I has been on my heart for, like, years. Plus, you know, Jesus said it, too. He said, remember Lot's wife. Right, and I feel like that's really the thing, is that we get this story in the Old Testament, and then once again, it's said in the New Testament by Jesus himself. And I think that's what makes it like its own standalone concept. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it has an opportunity to branch into many different concepts other mm-hmm. than just like politics, I guess, even though that is a, definitely a big one and a good one. Yeah, it's it was um, pretty fun reading it and seeing just all the areas of life that it applies to. It's so thorough. So today's topic, we're going to talk about uh, remembering Lot's wife, which is a concept that's seen in um, more than one place in the Bible. And when something's brought up multiple times, it's usually worth delving into it and figuring out why. So to start with, I'm going to read the story of Lot's wife. So I'm going to start in Genesis 19, 12 through 29. And so the story leading up to that, the context for that is two angels came down to Sodom and Lot uh, met them, I guess, and he asked them to stay with him, which they did. And the men of the city of Sodom came to his house and demanded that Lot give over the two men because they weren't aware that they were angels. They were just aware that they were men over to them because they wanted to have sex with them. And so Lot refused. And then they tried to attack him. And the angels brought him back inside and blinded the men of the city before they could violate him, which in the, in the text they had threatened to do, they threatened to violate both Lot and the men, uh, the angels. So starting off in Genesis 19, 12 through 29, then the men said to Lot, this being the angels, Have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city? Take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-laws, he seemed to be joking. When the morning had dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, 
saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of this city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand and his wife's hands and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they brought them outside, and he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please, no, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to. It is a little one. Please let me escape there, and my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, and that I cannot overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of that city was called Zoar, and the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plains, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord, and he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the plain, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham, and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities which Lot, in which Lot had dwelt. I really wanted to add in those last few scriptures, because I, I thought it was very important that it's very plainly said here that the reason that God went to such lengths to save Lot was because of Abraham. And mm, yeah, I found yeah. it interesting because the angels commanded Lot to go out to the mountains and he refused. Um, out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Out of, yeah. Out of fear. And just the mercy of God in this story, it, like when you pay attention to the details like that is insane. Like for the story of Abraham, um, God called him out into the wilderness he called him out into absolutely nothing and told him, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. You know, you're going to be my people. You're going to be my lineage on earth, basically. And Abraham followed him and did that. And Lot was with him at this time, but Lot went over, went to the cities. And this is like a very, very generalized story because I honestly don't remember a lot of the details myself at the moment. But... <laughs> <laughs> it was Abraham's faithfulness to follow God into the wilderness that saved Lot. And in saving Lot, God saved his family as well. He saved his daughters. He saved his well, he went to save his wife. And just the how the mercy of God spreads really struck me when I was reading this again. And also the mercy that Lot did not have the faith of Abraham. I mean, that's that's so blatant in the fact that he wouldn't even go to the mountains. You know, he, he saw everything that was happening and he was brought out of the city and he still wouldn't go to the mountains, you know. 
two angels, I like to think if two angels showed up at my house and was like, I'm going to destroy this city, this nation, you need to get out of here. And they brought me, they physically showed up and they physically brought me out of the city, my whole family, like, right? We're all being saved. And they said, go to the mountains. I like to think I'd have gone to the mountains. I like to think I wouldn't have been like, no, I'm not going to be able to live in the mountains. Uh, please bring me to this other city. You know, I, I like to think I would have had enough faith that God would provide for me in the mountains if he was willing to to bring me out of the city. But obviously, I've never been in that situation. So I can't say that with too much confidence. I know the, I wouldn't. This because the reason he said as well, like, at least we'd be eaten by something. Is that is that what he said, right? Yeah, let, no, yeah, unless I fall prey in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, like if I was running out there with my kids and everything, I'd be like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just so easy to fall into that if, of your flesh. You know, you're thinking of the things. You're not realizing like, hey, this is God who's telling you. <laughs> he's like, yeah. if he's going to bring you out of this, he's obviously going to protect you while you're in the mountains as well. I don't think you have too much to worry about, but. Yeah. Um, But his his mercy and that he granted yeah. that to him and Absolutely. he he saved that city like it says in there that god decided well no, not god decided but the angel said okay because you've asked me i'll spare this city as i'm destroying everything else and it's like you throughout this whole story it's only a few scriptures only a few sentences and you can trace all of that salvation all of that mercy back to abraham and I, I just thought that was really amazing. It's not really on topic to what we're talking about, but that really stood out to me while I was reading it, and I wanted to wanted to bring that up. And that's definitely uh, something you can find nowadays, too. Um, it is good to have company of the righteous, <laughs> the yeah. favored by God. And you don't, you don't just realize. I know it's been in my life. Um, I have no business having the faith I have on my own. <laughs> I have mm. I've come from a mom who was in a family who was faithful and who tr who had to trust God a lot when it came to me and I know that it's those prayers and somebody else's faith that definitely God took his time with me. Mhm. Mm and um so I know what it's like to be a lot in some ways. Yeah, to in, be on the receiving on that for sure. Yeah. I also think it's it's a huge encouragement because I know um, it's especially difficult to minister to your family if you're somebody that your family doesn't believe. Um, and I like I know that that's incredibly uh, frustrating and very easy to get downhearted about that because family doesn't really listen to you. <laughs> they don't really want to be ministered to by their own family members. Especially if you're the small, younger one. <laughs> yeah. In a, both of our cases. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think this is just so encouraging because it's, I mean, Abraham followed God and that saved Lot and that saved Lot's family and that saved an entire city. You know, God's, God's mercy is very widespread and your prayers even though they don't look like they're being answered right now they are and they will carry over i remember hearing a sermon uh probably from pastor carter probably most definitely from pastor carter um, 
Uh, just saying that, you know, when he would walk around the streets of New York, that he would just pick random people to pray for because you honestly don't know if anyone's there praying for them. Mm-hmm. Or even just him talking about his testimony and how it was the prayers of a few faithful who mm-hmm. God was able to move through. Yeah, fellow policemen. Yeah. And it always makes me think, yeah, it always makes me think like, are there people out there that no one is praying for them? Isn't that sad? And that's just, it's scary because that means there's no Christians on the front doing the job, doing the work Mm -hmm. because we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I try to do that, I guess. I'm not the most righteous, but God can still Mm -hmm. use it. He still treasures each and every word, and um, don't ever think that you're so small. <laughs> yeah, that he won't use that. Mm-hmm. I think it was, um, I think it was Gandhi who said, "If you think you're too small to make a difference, try sleeping in a room with a mosquito, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll realize like how much that mosquito can disrupt your night's sleep." Or just. And- Read Lord of the Rings. That's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I love the I love the uh, the little analogy of the mosquito, though. Um, Absolutely, because yeah. that that brings you back to uh, the parable that Jesus told, where he's talking about the um, the unjust ruler who finally listened to the woman that was just nagging him constantly to get justice for her, and he finally said, "I'm I'm gonna do it so that she'll leave me alone." And Jesus said, how much more you're just God, how much more your God that loves you, is he going to listen to you if you keep on asking him? He said a similar so. prayer about, you know, going to bed and then your friends at the front door banging on your door for bread, if they can, if you could lend them bread. Mm-hmm. And that eventually, you know, you're going to get up and answer them just so they'll leave you alone. <laughs> I think, and I how think much that was more all, your God. Yeah, I think that was all in the same teaching. Probably, because they're so similar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But anywho, off of that rabbit trail. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we find Jesus references to remember Lot's wife in the New Testament. And so I'm going to read that scripture that is found in Luke 17. And I'm going to read 20 through 23. I mean, to excuse me, 20 through 33. Now, when he was asked, he being Jesus, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Then he said to his disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here, or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part of heaven and shines to the other part under the heavens, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the sons of in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
Likewise, as it was also in the day of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so it will be in the day of the sun, when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the rooftop, on the housetop, and his goods are in the house, let him not come down and take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. There's so much packed in there. Yeah. And I think I think one one note to emphasis is that remember Lot's wife, like that alone is its own scripture and it's its own sentence. And I feel like the language that I read it in when I read that passage though, it feels very emphasized. Which brought me to wanting to talk yeah, about I think it. It's it's I think it's supposed to be for sure. Yeah. I think the the probably the scariest part of that is the warnings about in those times before calamity struck and the like an end came they're just going about normal lives that's what he's emphasizing mm-hmm. their lives look pretty normal you know they were doing all the regular things because i feel like especially nowadays with christians like it's when we think about the end times we don't think of it as like it's so obviously not normal every day, but that's not how it's going to go down. Yeah. I think it's going to slip under a lot of people's noses and they're not going to realize. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point. Yeah, because I, I mean, life goes on. You have to eat and drink and people are always going to wind up getting married. You know, you work, you sow, you plant. They bought, they sold. You know what I mean? It's like. Right, but like it's the not going to be postal. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to look like so post-apocalyptic that you're going to mm-hmm. that everyone's going to be walking around with an idea. Yeah, you can't uh, think just because you can be, go home and be leisurely that that doesn't mean that the time is near. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to yeah, Lot's wife, because right before that, right before he says that, he's talking about you know. At that moment, don't turn for your worldly things because there's mm-hmm. no point. Yeah, he gives some examples. And I think it's interesting because I see I see two things being expressed here. I see this talking about the second coming. But I also see this talking about just plain the, the age that we're living in post-Jesus Christ. I think mm-hmm. the days of the son of man, I think that's, this is my personal opinion. It's probably something I should have dove into a little bit more. But when I'm reading this, I read that as now. Now that Jesus has come, you know, Jesus is the son of man. It's, it's all, you know, it's capitalized. That's that's a title that he referred to himself as in the in the New Testament quite frequently. His favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one he used the most. That's true. And I I think you can't really read this and think that this was just him talking about while he was on earth, you know, because he says you will desire, you will desire to see the day that I was here and you won't be able to see it. Right. 
And I think, I think in one way, this is talking about, I think it's talking about the second coming when Jesus sets up his kingdom and he reigns on earth. But I also think that this is talking about just the days after the days of the church. Now that Jesus has been here, now that salvation is available. The way that I read it, that's the days of the son of man. And so that's, Mm, I, I read that as being this like directly applies to us as well as directly applying to the second coming. Mm -hmm. I I will bring up one of the scriptures that I pulled up now because I think it fits. Mm -hmm. It's Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. And before this, it's the long list of witnesses that we have, which is, you know, Abraham by faith, Sarah by faith. and, And it goes, these all died in faith without having received the promise. But they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they are foreigners and temporary residences on earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And I think quite literally that's what Lot's wife was not able to do. Yeah. She thought about where she was coming from quite literally and mm-hmm. did not greet the promises. It's yeah. not that these things look like they're going to come right away. It's not immediate. You know, they're far into the distance. There's something you have to strive for. Mm-hmm. You have to be, you have to claim to be a foreigner. And yeah. she, she had an unwillingness in her heart to do that, to, she, to just trust God and not look back. Mm-hmm. and we have to do this by faith you know you have to look forward to the eternal and not hold on in your heart to the things that are of this world we thank you for joining us on this episode of from my cup for full episodes please join us on any of your favorite podcast listening stations for easiest listening just search us up on spotify look for from my cup and there you'll find us we hope to see you there thank you and god bless you